0: G'day and welcome back to another episode of the luke's lowdown podcast we are here with another series lessons from lockdown we have been learning from so many amazing people who have taken the time to reflect and understand the lessons that they have learned from this strange weird but also very insightful period of time that we've just gone through and we are living through right now And I have someone with me today who I am very privileged to call a friend and someone who I also look up to because she's one of the busiest and most productive people that I have met. Um, And we're going to dive into why I view her this way. And I hold her in very high regard as a friend. Kiefer, how are you today?
1: Oh, hi, Lick. Thank you. That's a lovely introduction. Great to talk to you. Uh, And I am very well, thank you.
0: No, that's good. That's good. So, as I said, I, I definitely feel like you are one of the, the, the busiest and productive people that I have met because you wear many, many hats and I feel like you wear them extremely well um, and you've always got a smile on your face, which uh, which is always great because you are a, um, a wife, a mum to two lovely boys but very energetic boys. Um, you're a, a business owner um, and also an endurance athlete as well um, can you tell us sort of can you expand on basically what i've just touched on and, and what you've what your life is like on a on a, on a daily basis uh, and give us a bit of an overview of that
1: Yeah, of course. Um, Well, before lockdown, I always thought that I was an incredibly busy person and couldn't ever imagine squishing in anything else. Um, As you say, um, I have my own business. I'm I'm the founder of Digme Fitness. Um, So we set up Digme back in June 2016. And it's just been a roller coaster growing that business to, um, we've eight studios now. Um, So have a terrific team, but you can imagine that it's just an incredibly busy uh, role. And then, as well as that, we have two little boys Alex is six and Ben is four, and they are non stop. They clearly get that from their parents, <laughs> so totally our fault, uh, but they're just high energy, wonderful little boys. Um, and uh, yeah, and then just you know, home, family life with, with Jeff, my husband, and the two of them is always, always busy. And then as well as that, I love, like you do, endurance sport. And I've pulled it back a bit. I used to run ultras and take part in Ironman races, but I've pulled it back. So now I'm focusing more on things like marathons, which are just actually easier to fit in. Um, you know, it's amazing. You can go for a run in the park with kids on bikes or pushing one of them in a pram or whatever. It's just a lot more flexible uh, to be able to fit in marathons rather than something like a triathlon where you're trying to escape to a pool or go for a long bike ride by yourself or whatever. So, um, so yeah, so I guess I always juggled those three things. But then, you know, lockdown was just this extraordinary challenge where there was just so much more to do um it's been absolutely non-stop and totally exhausting and i guess what i've noticed about lockdown is people tend to fall into two camps either they're on furlough, perhaps they live on their own, um, you know, they're bored, they're taking up art for the first time, <laughs> they're reading all these wonderful books, um, and they're saying, I really want something to do, you know, I, I, I miss my, my work, my job, and my friends, and so on, or else they are so flat out that they literally don't have a spare moment. Um, and we've definitely f- fallen into the latter category, but it's been, it's been exhausting. There have been challenging moments, but it's also been great fun. Um, I guess our key was trying to make sure we had a routine um, so you can imagine there's Jeff and myself both trying to work from home Alex who we were homeschooling he hasn't been in school um, he's, he's had about two weeks worth of school since March and then Ben uh, who was at preschool but hasn't been at preschool since March so trying to homeschool preschool entertain the boys and both work <laughs> from home um, was kind of interesting um, but the key was routine so um, probably sounds a bit silly but we used to write up on the chalkboard in the kitchen every night what we were going to do the next day so morning shake up always started with a morning shake up with boys it just got them up dressed ready to start the day um so we tried joe wicks a bit um, we did move with ben one of our dig Me instructors yeah. um and then we did our own like dancing and all kinds of stuff um so we'd always have a shake up and then uh, we'd have a structure to the day like english would follow then a brain break then maths And we took it in turns to be the teacher. So I was in charge of English. Jeff was in charge of math. So the other person could basically work and have a bit of quiet time to focus while while lessons were going on. Um, And then, of course, we had these well-timed brain breaks, lunch breaks, Lego building breaks, whatever, when we needed to both work or catch up and so on. Um, and then the moment the boys were in bed every evening, that was proper focused work time. That was the sort of quiet time when we could actually, you know, think about things a bit more rather than just firefighting through the day. Um, and then we both liked to work out. So we wanted to carry on doing that. So typically that was get up early, get a workout done before the, the boys woke up. So I was doing early morning spin classes. Um, and then the daily exercise was just oh, just so wonderful we'd always go out every evening um, as a family. So Alex would ride his bike. Um, I'd push Ben in the pram and he'd run segments and then Jeff and I would run. So we sort of did that family exercise together at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, so we were sort of trying to juggle a lot of things and tick all the boxes we needed to tick to stay sane and healthy. Um, but you can imagine some days were, were crazy. Yeah. Um, some days, uh, yes, yeah, definitely some days better than others.
0: <laughs> See, the thing is with you, you make it all sound so easy, right? <laughs> so, there's a couple of things that, that I that I want to point out is, you know, we've both got a lot of friends in the in the running and fitness and triathlon world, and you you said this like a true ultra endurance athlete. It's like, ah, oh, it's great. Now I'm just training for marathons, and they're so easy because <laughs> I could just go out. Like that is said by a true. A, Um, out and out ultra endurance athlete because you know there's a flip side with people who uh, have been running for a long time but they're like I want to do my first marathon or I want to do my second or third marathon the way that they view marathon running is like it takes up a hell of a lot of time and they almost feel like it takes up all their time but you're saying oh no it's great I don't have to do three sports I've only got to do one and I only have to do like a few hours here (laughs) and I think that really and that the reason why I wanted to bring that point up it really sums up sums up you and also your husband, Jeff, um, who I know quite well as well, um, to a T because you don't view things as like, oh, this is a massive, massive, massive thing. And how am I supposed to be able to achieve this huge, big goal, which is like for you to do ultras or do a marathon, right? Because running a marathon is still a massive goal. So you've just gone, okay, well, what do I have to do to do it? Okay, I go out for some runs and, you know, I make sure that I do all my training, but then you've moved that over to life. And I love the fact that you guys have created this routine and this structure and this plan that involves the entire family, that involves you and Jeff taking turns to have a bit of a break and the boys have a bit of the break from schooling with the mental breaks and you're building Lego with having fun and all this stuff. And then also you have that time in the evening where it's like, we've got to get some quality work done, but then also early mornings is individually. So although you make it sound really easy, it's when you start structuring your days and alongside not making the day and all the work you've got to, um, do that day to be overwhelming, then you start to not focus on the fact that you've got all this work to do, but the work you've got to do in that moment of that day. So in that time frame for that one hour where you've booked in. What How did you come about, and, and maybe Jeff as well, this might be a, 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 an answer that you've both come together how did you come about with this plan of like, like if we want to be able to achieve everything in each day of lockdown, how did you go about creating this plan of, we need to be really structured in our routine each day?
1: Um, We fell into it really. So it it all happened very quickly. So we decided to um, close Digme a few days before the the government guidance um, around closing. Look, we just got to, uh, got to a point where we thought uh, we had made changes like extra space, not sharing equipment, more cleaning. But at that point back in March, there were so many unknowns about COVID-19 and how it was transmitted. And the, the trigger point, not wanting to digress too much, but the trigger was a member called up and said, um, they had tested positive and we closed for a few hours and deep cleaned and reopened. And my gut just said to me at that point, this is wrong. I, I just remember Jeff and I looking at each other and thinking, our staff are in the studio; they don't have a choice. It's their job. Members at least have a choice to be there or not. And you make the environment as safe as you can, but they're in control. But with staff, you know, being obliged to turn up for work and all this uncertainty, we just thought we need to close our doors. Um, and it was heartbreaking. It was such a difficult decision to take, but it happened in a flash. It was, you know, it was that Monday, Monday the sixteenth of March, and. Um, you know we just we, we made the decision in a heartbeat in the end literally after this sort of phone call and incident and there was a rumor schools were going to close and then lo and behold the following monday schools had closed and we had both children at home with the nursery or preschool rather and uh, school had closed so it all just happened at the, at the craziest speed um and the school was doing a great job of trying to pull together lots of homeschooling and learning and so on um and you know we just thought right if this is going to have if this is going to work we have a lot to do we were furloughing loads and loads of staff and working on a very small skeleton team and that meant jeff and i were going to have to do a lot of different things in addition to our normal roles and as well all this other stuff and we just thought right we're gonna to have to just all be really kind to each other and just make sure Jeff has Jeff time and he can plan his meetings and his day and catch up on his work then and I have Kiefer time and I can do likewise and you know it it just felt the only way to achieve that was to have this structure where we knew time had been carved out for everybody whether it was focusing on the kids or ourselves Um, and, uh, you know, so it just felt like the most natural thing in the world, but it was the speed at which it happened. That was just quite extraordinary. You know, suddenly your studios are closed. Suddenly your staff are all furloughed. Then all the, 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 you know, the kids are at home and you're trying to work like crazy with the kids running around, you know, just... Yeah, it all just happened so quickly. But it felt like, you know, that kind of structure was the only way it was it was going to work. And, you know, we still stick to it. We're still both working at home. And we have the kids both at home with us still. So, um, you know, we're still sticking to that structure, although the uh, the twist is Alex has now finished school. Um, today is the last day of the, the term. Mm-hmm. so uh, so we're we're now sort of thinking oh school holidays <laughs> so there's no structured learning so that's going to be a whole new change yeah. uh, but you know we're we're obviously moving out of lockdown and our studios are able to reopen on the 25th so um you know life's looking a little bit different a little bit brighter in terms of um uh, you know our business and so on so uh yeah but more changes definitely coming up
0: yeah for sure so Like, I'm definitely part of the community at Dig I've been going to the studios, the cycling studios, the high intensity and yoga studios that you have all across London and and Oxford. Um, And it's just a great environment. It's a big family, you know, and I think that's probably one of the big reasons why it was tough for you and Jeff to close the studio, um, because I know how much um work and effort that that you and and your and the initial team did to to open the studios and continued um to grow so outside of closing the studios which as you said was was pretty hard for you guys to do but obviously the right thing to do what were what were some of the toughest things or the toughest thing you had to deal with over the the lockdown period Uh, from a from it can be from a business or a personal Um, perspective, whatever whatever you feel was a really tough uh, thing that you struggled with to get through?
1: Um, Well, one of the hardest things is definitely not seeing family, uh, especially my mum. So my mum lives in Dublin. My dad passed away about 12 years ago. So my mum lives on her own in Dublin, albeit with some of my siblings quite close to her. Um, But she was uh, she, you know in the house on her own I couldn't come and visit her and actually around the time of lockdown we had a trip planned where she was coming over to us for a few days and um you know a couple of other things where Alex and I were going over to Dublin together to see a rugby game and stay with her for a few days and so on so we had all these things in the diary and just watching them pop up in the diary and knowing that they were just not going to happen was incredibly difficult I've always been incredibly close to mum um, so just not being able to see her. And I still haven't seen her, you know, because there's obviously a risk. We don't want to mm. go over to Dublin and, you know, they're in a pretty good good shape as far as COVID-19 is concerned. They've done a great job of managing it. Um, but there's still a lot of it around here and the idea of going through airports, et cetera, you know, we don't want to go over. I, we don't feel it's the right time. So we um we zoom with her all the time um and you know the kids are forever writing cards and sending gifts and making things for her and so on um so we're we're staying in touch as best we can but i just i just miss seeing her um and it's funny because even as lockdown is easing you know, people are able to drive like we've driven to see um, Jeff's parents, for instance, and that was just wonderful. And we sat in the garden, you know, however many meters away from his dad. But even so, we could see them. We couldn't hug them, but we could see them. Um, and that was just wonderful. And I'm just longing to be able to do that. But it feels like Dublin is it could be the moon. It, you know, it just feels mm. so far away at the moment. And You must feel that, too, with your family, Luke.
0: I'm that's the thing like it's yes it's been tough to not see my family yeah during lockdown but I've not seen my family on a regular basis for about 17 years living on the other side of the world so yeah. it's almost like um yeah the human connection is is something the, that I've chatted to a lot of people about and one of the big things that they've realized that they are missing over the lockdown period um but I almost feel like Um, And yeah, and don't get me wrong, like I've chosen to move to the other side of the world. Um, But I feel like a lot of people now are sort of getting a glimpse of what it's like to be so far away from your family, whether it's, you know, Dublin, which let's be honest, is not that far away. But as you said, it could be the moon because you just know it's not worth to go there. So unable to see and, you know, Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and all these things are great. And you can talk every day like that, but it's not the same as... Yeah, sitting down in front of someone that you love and having that conversation. And and I definitely feel like uh, human connection is one thing that I hope people now post this experience don't take for granted and actually people make more time to spend more time with people who they love and enjoy spending time with.
1: Yeah. No, you're so right. Um, You know, one of the real positives in the middle of some mayhem is, you know, having had that time with family, you know, having had that time with Jeff and the boys, being able to homeschool. It's a real privilege. Um, And although it was hectic, it was incredibly special as well. Um, You know, I've really enjoyed it. Um, So you're right, you know, we should always continue to value that connection that time we had with our family um and also think about the people we weren't able to see and how special it is to see them again i had a really strange situation as well during lockdown where um i bumped into a good friend and she told me that her dad was very unwell and he's dying and she you know, her parents live in Portugal, she's in London, and she couldn't get home to see him. And he has since actually passed away, which is terribly sad. But she she told me this and was crying as she told me, and I couldn't go over and hug her. And it was just the most alien thing in the world, Luke. It, 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 it was so strange. It, it really sits with me and I think about it a lot. Um, so uh, it's very strange. I think, you know, we don't realise how much we crave and need that human connection. And when it's taken away, it's it's quite an alien feeling, not being able to, you know, touch, hug, and so on. Um, Actually, Leone said the other day as well, she's, Leone's one of our instructors, she's actually head of our our cycle concept at Digme, and um, she's absolutely, you know, wonderful, warm person, and she was talking to some of the people she was teaching on Zoom, she was doing a Zoom workout, and she said to me at the end, you know, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to see them next week in the studio, it's going to be magnificent, but how am I not gonna hug them? I haven't yeah. seen them for like four months, you know? Um, so I, th- I think we're all feeling that a bit, aren't we?
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. So what during this period, like from this period now, and you can, you know, we're only just sort of coming out the back end of it for now with things starting to open up and you've had, you know, some some unique experiences for yourself, like homeschooling, as you said, like it, it is a, it is a precious gift that you've been given to have that experience. Um, having that conversation with a friend um, must have yeah like I don't know how you would feel about that it's it's, it's a tough one to take because you can't do anything about it what have with these experiences that you've had that have really sort of made you understand how important human connection is and and have gratitude for what you do have in your life um what is, have you learned anything about yourself as, as a person from the experiences you've had during this period of lockdown?
1: Um, I think the, the main thing I've realised is actually how little I need to be happy. Um, look, it was extreme, but I managed perfectly well without... Pedicures, hairdos, coffees out, posh dinners—you know all the things we, uh, I guess, think we need, uh, you know, and see as treats and so on. You know, it's amazing actually how how little you need this kind of thing in real life. It's the simple stuff that matters and things that brought me real pleasure and you know sort of kept me sane during lockdown were things like, obviously being with with Jeff and the boys simple things like being able to run in the park Richmond Park during lockdown has been absolutely magnificent it's getting busier all the time now but when we first locked down um, there were no cars in the park there still aren't Um, there were no cyclists other than children who were allowed to cycle Um, cyclists are now back in Um, and the roads were just empty Uh, so I remember running a loop of Richmond Park by myself on an empty road And there were parakeets all over the road. And as I ran through, I could tell I was disturbing them and deer on the road. And, you know, I was sort of pausing thinking, are you going to move for me? (laughs) And they were sort of reclaiming their park. and it was just beautiful, um, and you know, just enjoying that and being able to share that with the kids, like getting Alex to ride his bike on the roads in the park for the first time, um and uh you know, running alongside him. I was so proud when he made it up the dark hill, and mm. it, you know, just those simple things just bring you so much pleasure, um and you know, even I talked about how um how sad I was when we had to temporarily close the studios um overnight you know the team they're just they're just amazing i have just so much love and appreciation for those guys But overnight they had online workouts going for our members they could just see people people needed that they needed to be able to work out and to be able to connect and we'd zoom workouts going literally on the tuesday having closed monday night and we started with yoga and hit and then added in the cycling and we've now got this terrific on-demand um, online workout available for people, and we're gonna carry on doing it, <coughs> excuse me, even after we reopen. Um, but I remember the first cycling class I did, Dan Torses, and everyone was chatting saying how much they're enjoying it so on and there was quite a lot of emotion in the chat about you know how wonderful it was to see people and connect and so on and you know i finished the workout and it was just wonderful because i'd seen all the people i normally do that class with on that zoom workout with dig me rental bikes in their homes for lockdown and and it was just such a moment i <clears throat> finished the workout and just burst into tears um you know, so just, just that simple connection, um, was just wonderful. Um, so yeah, so I I guess I did learn a lot about myself and what really is important. And, you know, for me, it's, it's all about people, community, um, you know, appreciating what we have right here on our doorstep. Um, and we went away last week for a few days. We went to, um, Cornwall and, we would never have gone to Cornwall for a few days in the summer holidays. You know, we'd always have planned to fly somewhere and and so on. And you know something, it's so beautiful there. And you can find the most pristine beaches and tranquil walks and coastal paths to run on. And um, we had a really special few days there. And, you know, you sort of think, gosh, we're always in this search for some far flung destination where we can find that solitude mm. and beauty and so on. And, you know, really, if you look hard enough, it's right here in our doorstep. So, you know, that was, that was interesting. And also it was so hassle-free, chuck everything in the car and you're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, uh, that was also lovely. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was, um, that was interesting as well.
0: Yeah. I, I think, for me moving, moving forward as a, as a society to, to think a little bit bigger is I hope that my hope that is uh, people realize that everything we need is a lot less than what we actually want. And there are so many beautiful things, natural things around us, but we just have to sort of almost like stop looking through the lenses of like binoculars and just, like looking always into the distance and actually be where we are right now. Um, yeah. That's that's what that's- I hope that we, that we learn into the future. Is there anything that you hope as a society um, and different communities um, take on board or maybe learn from your own experiences to move forward um, as we go further into and hopefully past uh, COVID-19?
1: yeah it's you know look, it's a unique opportunity to to stop and listen and think um uh quite early into lockdown actually alex um who's only six the ki- the kids really got locked down they really understood the whole thing and it amazed me actually how much they did um but he he read a poem to me that I really liked, and it's you know it's a kid's poem and it's called the Paws, p a u s e the pause and it's really stuck in my head It's about, um, it was written about lockdown and it's about a family of bears who took time together in their cave, even though it wasn't winter and it wasn't time to hibernate. And they spent time together learning and playing. And she uses the expression, which is stuck in my head, You know, watching the broken world work itself out. Mm. and she spoke about having this far-flung chance to do better and Alex loved this poem and he read it to me and it just it really stuck in my head and I thought I hope we don't waste this you know I always say in life never waste a good crisis Um, but I hope we don't I hope we use the opportunity to think about what matters and what changes we can make and you know I hear people talking about um, I used to do an awful lot of business travel and I've realized I don't need to do that. I can Zoom and do most of the stuff I need to do, um, you know, on a phone call. I can see the people and it's fine. Um, Or, you know, people talking about they can uh, work less in the office, work more from home, and they'll save all this commuting time, have more time with their family, and, um, you know, maybe be able to actually pick their kids up from school um and you know you can see how people want to make these changes i think everyone has in london has bought a bike i don't think anyone plans on taking public transport again i was talking to some of our our friends in um uh lovely richmond cycles and they were saying you know like every bike in london is sold out and there are (laughs) wait lists for bikes with extraordinary um you know so i think people people want to change they you know they want the pace to be a bit different a bit less frantic you know, examine really what's necessary. Do you need to travel there? Do you need to fly there? And so on. Um, So I hope people do pull back and, you know, remember what they loved about lockdown. There've been lots of challenges about lockdown, but there've also been some some special bits, I think. Um, And, uh, you know, we've made some some changes for the better. So hopefully remembering that. Um, And just... know we need to not take things for granted um our basic freedoms rights privileges um you know when you can't leave your house very much and you can't see family and friends and shops are closed you realize just how special it is to be able to do these things and how we've just taken it for granted um so uh, you know I think I'll have a newfound appreciation for this kind of thing and simple stuff like our health service, you know, we shouldn't take our health or indeed the healthcare we have in this country for granted. You know, we have this extraordinary NHS team that we've clapped for and, you know, I hope we carry on appreciating them and giving them what they need to be able to do their jobs as, as we move forwards. So it's been, yeah, it's been a real time for, for reflection and newfound appreciation for for just the simple basic things in life so i hope we carry on pausing as as you as you referenced you know just not looking sort of beyond and further afield uh, but just pausing and focusing on the present and smelling the coffee beans
0: (laughs) exactly i think that's the perfect place to wrap up today uh kiefer Thank you very much for all of your insights, sharing a little bit about your experience during lockdown and also uh, plenty of stories in there too. Thank you very much, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you, Luke. Always lovely to talk to you. Um, Really looking forward to seeing you back in the
0: studio soon. Definitely, definitely. Um, And I want to thank you all for listening as well to this episode of the Luke's Lowdown podcast. We are chatting to some amazing people who have learnt some vital lessons from lockdown. And the reason we are having these conversations is to share them with all of you. But I also want to share, I want you to share them with your friends as well. So make sure that you tell two, maybe even three people about these conversations that we're having with people from all over the world to share with us their lessons that they have learned from lockdown. Remember to like and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. I've got gratitude for every single one of you for tuning in today. So thank you very much for that. And remember, keep smiling, stay happy and stay healthy.